what do you think is the most misunderstood aspect of a DJ? Well, rumors have it that India's number one Bollywood DJ is found only at the console. But ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank me. I want to thank me for believing in me and having DJ Suketu right from Africa on today's episode of the Lindsay Rosario Show. Hello. <laughs> how are you? It's great to see you. Thank you very much. Same here. How was, first you have to tell me how was Africa? Uh, absolutely fabulous. An experience of a lifetime. It was fantastic. Six days, refreshing, amazing and beautiful. Wow. What did you do there? Uh, so went for this uh, charity race that happens off-road in the jungles in Kenya uh, called the Rhino Charge. It's basically the Rhino Charge. The Rhino Charge. It's basically a collection for. Uh, it's an NGO which collects money to you know help and conserve the rhinos in Kenya because a lot of poaching happening you know for their horns etc. So the NGO is called Rhino Ark, and this particular event that happens every year. I think it's been happening since about 30-35 years. It's called the Rhino Charge. It's an off-road rally. Uh, really, really amazing, super scary, and uh, yeah, this is the first time I actually attended, and I loved it. So Ketu loves adventure. Absolutely, right. Absolutely. And I have seen that throughout your career. Yes, absolutely. Right, you always wanted to do something different. In fact, let me tell you this: your remix "Bin Tere" and "Wo Lamhe." <laughs> right. "Wo Lamhe" is very special to me. Okay. And you know why? Because my crush, and. Uh, I absolutely loved him. Okay. He is. He was from Xavier's, from my college, okay. and things didn't work out between us. But that was our song. Oh, okay. So I used to always play that in loop when I used to travel in the train. Okay. Wait a minute. Is it the first time Lindsay has gone maybe just shed a tear or something like that in memory <laughs> no. in, on the podcast? I don't. know. I'm just asking. Is it? Is it? <laughs> it is his bad luck, Sketu, that he did not get me. So. <laughs> no, I agree with you. I agree with you on that hundred percent. So yeah, it was a very special song, mm. and and it's. It's amazing to see what you do uh, as a DJ and how how different you are. Because I remember your remixes were blockbusters. Thank you. Right, and uh, you traveled quite a bit to mm -hmm. hone your craft. Mm -hmm. You also worked with Sean Kingston mm -hmm. and uh, you know a lot of other international artists. Also yes. Florida, right? Right. So how did this international career start for you? Uh, so I think the first thing what happened to me was that uh, there's a company in the New York, uh, which is called Desi Hits, Desi Boys New York or Desi Hits. I, I can't remember the name. Mm. There's a guy called Jay Gatsby. He used to do these competitions in the United States of America, mm. and then he saw that DJs in India are really good. They're really coming up. They're really being known now internationally. Mm. So he got the license for the song uh, "Beautiful Girls" by Sean Kingston. And he got Sean Kings to to re-sing it as Bollywood Girls, and he gave he asked for entries for DJs to come up and you know just enter the competition and put up the a cappella online. So we had to just register, make a mix of it, and then Sean Kingston, Jay Gatsby, and a couple of other musicians from the US who are on the panel judge their favorite mix, and then they open it up for voting. So. My mix for of it won, and uh, yeah, so that was that. Then it got released officially in the U.S. as well as in India, and that was my first step into doing an international remix for an international artist. And then once the word spread, 
universal music over here who has uh, artists like uh, Ayaz, Florida and a couple of more they wanted me to do remixes of their tracks for the Indian market mm. so that's how the whole uh, international remix scene started wow yes and you know speaking about your international career is it that these international artists inspired you to be a DJ or you always wanted to be a DJ? No, no, I actually never wanted to be a DJ at all. I actually learned the tabla for four years. So I was actually a professional tabla player. In fact, I've performed with Sonu Nigam ji. I've performed with Pandit Jasraj on stage. I've done a Jugal Bandi with Shivamani ji back in the day when I was 15, 16, 14 years old. Uh, my inspiration to become a DJ is one person and one person only and that is DJ Hussain. Uh, he had released an album when I was in college called Moksh. It was, I think, one of the first albums a DJ from India had released, which became a blockbuster, not in India. It didn't do very well over here because the music that he made was maybe not accepted here at that moment mm. in time. I'm talking about uh, 98, mm. 97, 99. Uh, but he became a very big hit in uh, Europe. And he started doing a lot of tours in Europe. And I was in HR College of Commerce and Economics doing my mm. BCom. And I was in the students council body and I was in charge to look after the DJ who was going to play for the TYBCOM farewell party. Mm. And it was DJ Hussein. And from the time he stepped out from the car, his persona, his looks, his attitude, everything. And then he got into the console and the way he played music and I just saw people lose their mind. I just said namaste <laughs> to the tabla, put it on the side and I said, I want to try this thing. Wow. Yeah. So it was quite, so <laughs> you must have been in a situation where you're thinking, should I go for this career, my yes. tabla career or for DJing? No, no, no. When I you saw Hussein, there was no, there was no th confusion. You just decided, I just, I just said namaskar to the tabla, put it inside the locker, locked it up and I just got myself, uh, told my dad, I need a pair of decks to start working. That's it. <laughs> wow. That's so it. That must have so that was the impact that he had on me. You know, some people have that effect on us. They yes come to our life and they change everything for us. You literally Absolutely. feel that the, your life has taken a U-turn. Totally. It's never the same and you're blessed and we are blessed <laughs> because we got such a fabulous, talented oh. DJ because of him. Thank you very him. much. So thank, you. <laughs> thank you. And in all of this in, in DJing, they say that, um, you know, it's, it's very flamboyant. Right. The entire DJing space, right? Mm -hmm. You have these beautiful locations, yes. stunning women who are yes. like, hey DJ, hey yeah. DJ, right? right? That's how it is. Yep. I've always felt that DJs are misunderstood Absolutely. as people. What do you think is the most misunderstood aspect of a DJ? That he sleeps around, he's unfaithful. I don't think so. I had a, my first relationship was about uh, eight years long before it ended. And after that, my second relationship turned into marriage and I've been married 15 years and I've been seeing the girl since uh, two, and a half years, two and a half years before that. So 17 and a half years. So wow. I don't think that is true. Even a lot of my friends who are there, uh, just to give you an example, Akhil who's one of my closest friends in the industry, uh, <coughs> married for a fantastically long time. Uh, two kids, even after uh, Farah and him <coughs> separated, yeah. he still has a superb relationship with her. They still are with the kids together. They still do holidays together. And uh, Akhil's been even, you know, seeing another girl for, another last, for the last four and a half years. And it's been fantastic. So, I mean, you know, I don't know why 
people would say that yeah. hussein who my idol in the industry is married and has a son and he's been you know married since i think about 8 years now about 9 years so i think totally misunderstood concept that you know we are not faithful we just flirts yeah. and all this yeah. i mean everybody has you know certain part of the industry maybe like that but not uh, most of it at least you are the man who walked into my life and changed my perspectives about a dj okay. because i always me and my friends whenever we spoke about dj's like mm -hmm. mm, you know casanova mm, mm. you know i don't think this is a person we would like to this there's a probably a perception absolutely no issue. absolutely it's it's that needs to shift but i think that perception even happens because of the environment that we are in we our work only starts in the night you're always surrounded by alcohol uh girls uh, and for the girls their husbands think uh, men so you know it's always uh, i think it's just the environment which gives us a bad name but i don't think uh, we are bad people absolutely <laughs> so, not yeah. extremely talented and amazing vibe uh, but i i think it is it is a shift mind shift that we need to we need to move a paradigm shift about this yeah. which i feel asuketu will happen eventually so in one aspect it's already happened because if you told somebody that you wanted to become a dj in the 90s in india mm. the parents would just look at you and be like what mm. what the hell is that and you you're telling me that i should actually allow you to mm. go out every weekend in the night come back hours of the morning maybe intoxicated mm. it doesn't work for us you're not doing this did you have like but hmm. but yeah. now i actually have an institute mm. and all the slots are always full people actually are looking at djing as an alternative career instead of just becoming a engineer or a doctor or an uh, uh you know lawyer or even for that matter an actor or anything it's actually become a profession where people are actually getting in saying that no i i can actually make my career and my life just djing irrespective of even music production forget about making your own remixes i'm just saying djing as a performer mm. so that has already happened i think in some time you know everybody will start want to, yeah they they'll want to even date dj's and marry marry <laughs> dj's and you know that whole mindset will change hopefully right but there are temptations that you would be having constantly which means that suketu has <clears> to work <throat> on a powerful value system uh, the other dj's that you mentioned be it akil or, or the ones that you look up to there mm. are value systems right because as an artist myself mm. as an anchor myself like there are powerful non negotiables that i have to create boundaries that Absolutely. i have to create so being the number one bollywood dj you are up there everybody looking up to you how do you ensure that you don't give in to temptations what is your code of honor okay firstly i'm not number one or anything like that i don't think anybody is <laughs> number one number two there is nothing to justify that we all are fantastic mm. it's just that i've been lucky to have done a little better than the others right, so right. Well, uh I think uh, from the beginning when I uh, started my uh, parents told me one thing that you can do whatever you want we were not going to we're not going to stop you of course my uh, mom was a little upset that you know I left the tabla aside and got wanted to get on something else they saying we just trust you don't you know misuse that trust and do anything wrong mm. so I think for me that became the first point to set my boundaries secondly I always thought of my console no matter how much I'm partying or I'm having a shot with somebody or I'm dancing I still think of it at my workplace. Mm. Maybe somebody else's workplace doesn't allow them to drink in that workplace, mine does. 
but I have to do it respectfully. I make sure that I don't hurt anybody or don't do anything bad or don't mislead anybody for mm. anything. So I think I just treat the console as my as my office, and you know you don't want to do anything wrong in your office. So I think these two things probably keep me at least. I don't know the others keep me uh, a little grounded and keep me at bay from doing something mm. wrong mm. Mm. or you know overdoing something. Right. You are the king of remixes for me, at okay. least because I <laughs> okay. I loved your music and I have Thank danced you. to that club, gone clubbing to that music. Right. The remixes then, the remixes now right. are very different, right? right? I always get confused whether is this music being remixed? Right. Is this music being remade, remade? Right. What what do you feel about it? How how are things different then and how are things different now? Yeah. Um, so first of all, just coming to remix and remake. In my opinion, personally, I may be wrong. It's the same thing. It's just a new name given to remixes because remixes were like you know sort of looked down upon because at that time the remixes were good, but the view videos were cheesy. It they were pretty sad, and you know, a lot of exposing happening in the videos and everything. So people just I think remixes as a as a whole got a bad name, but. Remakes are also pretty much the same. There's nothing different. If you're using the melody of a track which has already been composed and putting, adding something new to it, mm. it's a remix. That's what we did and that's what everybody is doing even right now. So there's no difference in that particular thing. Uh, secondly, I think uh, what has happened is that because in our time, uh, technology, internet wasn't there, uh, things were not available easily. So we tried to make the most of what we could to make a good song, mm. and because you know sounds, samples, midis, etc., were not available so freely, we had a lot of live contribution. So if I wanted a piano piece to be played, I couldn't just get it off the internet and just you know play mm. it. I, I couldn't get the sound off the internet the way I wanted, so I had to call a pianist in the studio and I had to get him to record it. If I wanted a particular guitar riff for my song or for my remix, I had to get a guitarist in the studio and record him. There was nothing which was you know digital. Mm. It was more just getting everything done the way it is. Maximum what you could use is just your beats which were digital. So I think we gave it a little bit more thought because right now everything is so easily available. It's relatively simple that so many people are doing it. So that's why I feel it's become the, the trash has become a little bit more than what it was before. But that happens everywhere. I mean, even if you see right now the number of movies coming out, you'll probably find five movies which are good out of the 5,000 movies yeah. which release. So the same thing over here, when something is easily available to you, you can use it easily, you can you know produce it easily, mm. the riffraff is going to come a little bit. So I just feel it's that. Everybody joins the bandwagon, oh my god, this guy's sound is good, everybody make this sound. Skrillex was popular, everybody's making dubstep remixes. Right now lo-fi is popular, everybody's making lo-fi remixes. You don't have to do what everybody is doing, just do your own thing. So how does Suketu do his own thing. How do you go about with your remixes? I just have one pl plain and simple uh, phenomenon in my mind. Cannot spoil the original song, period. Mm. That is it. You, have, you can put 30 tracks in your project, 30 instruments in your project, and you know, not spoil the melody, amazing. In my projects, I don't put anything more than 15 to 20 instruments in my track. It still works. And somebody sees my project and says, Sir, how sounds dale. What is this? You need to put more because you know you're releasing this. Just so, don't don't spoil the original track. That's it. That's the key to only 
originality always has a very special place and Absolutely. I think people enjoy originality. Yeah. I don't know why I feel Suketu that the yesteryear songs the yester your words that were used were much more meaningful right in comparison to now uh i think maybe that also because uh the material given to you was not in abundance right now there is so much information coming in and our mind can maybe just take in that much so that's why the uh mortality of the songs has reduced like if you see a, you can still hear a song of the 70s 80s 90s right now but if you hear a song of the 2000s you listen to it and you'll forget it in yes. one month or two months because it's the amount of information coming to you the amount of music releasing just in spotify itself not talking about the other streaming platforms there are 4000 original tracks released per day 4000 per, 4000 per day this is only on spotify So just imagine the amount of music coming to you if you're listening to a playlist you might listen to a song which is on first on the list in about one week it'll come last on the list mm. because there is so much replacement so your mind before it even starts liking something or getting used to something it's gone and something new is coming so yeah how is the scene different internationally because you worked with international artists right if you compare india and abroad right. what's the what is the how is the creative pursuit different uh so in my the only challenge that i found when remixing international tracks is when we had a chat with sean kingston's manager or we had a chat with florida's manager or we had a chat with ayaz's manager their thing was we've heard your work it's fantastic but we don't want that so you're making a mix for the indian audiences we want to want you to make it indian we don't want you to make it western mm-hmm. while when i did bin tere sanam or i did wo lamhe or i did to mm-hmm. firao or tere liye or whatever other track mm-hmm. or pyar zindagi mm-hmm. or kya khub lagti ho i took an indian track and made it western this was a western track which was already so well produced and making it indian mm-hmm. so sitting for me it was one of the most difficult processes because i had to actually use dholes and everything in my tracks which i never used before i had to give it an indian element because they wanted that remix to do or that track to do well in india mm. and thus the remix so i think for me that was a thing but working with an international artist is oh my god it's just like working with pritham is so easy he used to give me a song i produce it he listens to it i like it he asked me do you like it i said yeah i like it i said you don't want any changes he said you're the king of the clubs you play out I I don't have any knowledge in it. it I can't even commit. You think this is your best work that you're releasing it. Done. Mm. Making a mix for Sean Kingston and Florida. First the manager listens to it. Then his engineer and his creative team team listens to it. Then they come back with changes. The managers come back with changes. Then we do that. Then it goes back again. Then at the end of it all when they the whole bottom level is happy, then it goes to Florida. Wow. And then he approves or disapproves it and then it goes through. The music company all has got no say. So I think the amount of uh care that they take is too much though they don't know what is the indian market they don't know anything about the indian sounds also mm. but they still listen to it so much like i said pritham is such a cool guy he just say like you know sukeet so you play in the clubs you are out in the nightlife i have not gone partying i don't know what is the sound of today i make my music i compose my music and i know what works in philips this is your genre your uh, domain i approve of it if you think you've done a good job which is very different from what happens over there I believe there's hierarchy there. You 
here also there is hierarchy yes. but what i could sense from your stories there is a sense of trust yeah that you're the man yeah. you do it yeah so good. i think i think it, uh, that is the thing like you know they know that if, if you're doing this like i can't go and tell preetam uh, you know make a love song like this mm. i mean he did kesar it's a fantastic track i can't tell a person like that what to do he knows what he has to do so i think that's the trust that preetam and uh, even vishal shekhar or shankar asan or whoever i have worked with they put that faith in me that listen it's your domain this is your life you know it inside out you live it every day mm. so we trust you in what you do well out there even if they don't come to india and they don't know anything much about india they still want to listen to every single thing no i don't like this this sound is not so sounding proper this is not proper. what is this instrument remove it as it is in indo it's a tumbi no no i don't like it remove it put yeah, something else yeah. so yeah a lot of that stuff happens a little bit anal but i think yes. all they want is excellence yes, so then you absolutely. tend to become a perfectionist absolutely there. absolutely business wise you always in the last many years done so well right. but i'm sure there are times each of us go through that situation am i enough is everything going right i'm trying this i'm trying that but i'm not sure where in your life you felt that i feel it every day i feel it right now when i'm talking to you that am i talking sense am i giving the right answers is it good enough for her podcast so the podcast does well so i feel it every single day from the moment i wake up because yes. the day you stop feeling that it's all over for you if you don't keep asking yourself if you're good enough and if you're doing your best then it's all over so i feel it every single time from the first uh, day in my career so yep i feel you because i am thinking am i asking him <laughs> the right question no, absolutely absolutely <laughs> i'm like i hope i'm doing justice to him and the audience is watching so well, i think it's Just to, just to set the record straight, you're asking fantastic questions, so it's great. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how you deal with it, yes. like telling yourself that am I showing up and doing the best right. of my ability, Absolutely. right? For you, a lot of my students in the institute, when after I take their test, uh, they're like, you know, I, we don't know if we'll be able to play. You know, how you, for you it's very easy because you've been doing it since the last 27 years or 28 years. I still am nervous every single time I get up in that console. every single time i know i'm going to hyderabad tomorrow i know i have to go home and though i know i'll have to play the same songs which i played last week because everybody wants to listen to the top 40 bollywood tracks which are working mm. but still just to reshuffle those tracks in a way that it sounds something different hyderabad that listened to me one month back should not feel are he played the same set that he played that mm. day even if one person from the previous show comes to this show yeah. he knows he's played subhan in a day but in last month's show he played it somewhere in the middle this show he began with subhan irade when i go to hyderabad next i might still play subhan irade but i might play it last as my finale track so it's just you know the homework needs to be done so every time i play a set i save the set and i compare it the last set when i'm going to the same city again to make sure i you know just mix up things when you are doing when people look up to you you have an institute of yourself which is great because that means you are empowering a lot of other dj's who want to be like you who want right. to create their own yes. tell us a little bit about your institute so well the institute started because uh, i think in uh, 2006 or 5 or 6 i had uh, or 7 8 actually i had judged a competition for malhar and then for umang the college festivals and there was a war of the dj's and uh, Oh my god it was a war. They had no clue what they were doing. They were just playing songs and they were trying to mix music which was unmixable. They there was somebody who was actually trying to mix rock music like original rock music. 
it, it's not possible, you can't do that. And I just felt that I think somewhere down the line that people have got our profession wrong. And if this goes on, India is never going to progress in the world of DJs or in the, you know, the DJ industry. So I just thought that whenever I get a chance, I want to open my own institute. So if somebody wants to learn, you tell them the right way to learn, the right direction. We never had it, we just learned yeah. on our own by looking at people, yeah. observing people and doing all that. But if I have the ability to, you know, tell people that this is the way, maybe one of my students would be the next, you know, person playing at Tomorrowland or Coachella, wow. who knows. So it's better that he learns it the right way and, you know, just pursues it in the right way so he can bec become a better DJ. So that's how the institute started in 2011-2012. Uh, Aspiring DJs right now, the challenge that they are having probably is we are in this AI world, right? Music can be done by a software. Right. What are your suggestions to your students or people out there who want to be aspiring DJs? So one thing is for sure and I strongly believe in it and I'm using AI currently myself and exploring it a lot in my music. Nothing replaces creativity in my opinion. Mm. Uh, AI is always learning so it's going to become better. I'm just talking about AI the way I know it right now. There are a lot of uh, AI VSTIs which I use called Everbeat and uh, Captain plugins, Epic and uh, Scalar and everything. There are a lot of these are AI plugins which help you create music, create chords and everything. But I still feel that I have to make changes to it when I'm producing my music. So it can be a help and you know then you can take it up from there. So if you, you know, have a blank slate, you have a lot of people have uh, writer's block and uh, producer's yeah. block and yeah. everything. So I think this can be a start to just get rid of that block and move ahead. Mm. So it's really good. AI is fantastic. I love ChatGPT. Mm. It's so good. Mm. I had to write a letter to uh, you know the US consulate for my uh, work visa application. I'm telling you ChatGPT is a rock star. I had to just tell it what to do and it gave me the letter. I had to just change a few things here and there and there it was. Mm. So I think it's amazing. But it's just that as long as we don't let it, uh, uh, you know, overrule us and make your, you know, you know, keep make your mind dead, then you mm. stop thinking, then it's bad. But as long as you use it as a help, mm. it's fantastic. It's like a tool yeah, right, yeah. given to us and Absolutely. It's, it's upon us whether how we want to use it to enhance our creativity. So great point there. I'm sure that a lot of people run away from failures. Right. It happens to us all the time. I want this podcast to be perfect. <laughs> I want the answers, questions, everything to be perfect. Right. But there's nothing like failure. Absolutely. And I'm sure you've had your lowest ebb, your favorite failure moments that mm. has really taken you to the next level. What is your favorite failure moment? I wouldn't say it's uh, a failure moment but yeah there was something that happened to me in uh, 2009 uh, which I still haven't been able to forget for that matter and then and whenever I work with this music trio it keeps coming back to me so this was a time I'm a huge fan of Shankar Mahadevanji I love Shankar by his voice his yeah. music everything he's just fab so I always wanted to work with Shankar Asan Loy and uh, I somehow or the other never ever broke through uh, till my manager at that time knew Esan very very well and he went and uh, met him one of the days just for a coffee and they were talking and he's saying hey listen you know you guys have been doing so much work and everything you know why don't you all let's okay to do one mix or something like that for you and uh, Esan just told me that you know everybody might like him but I don't think his music is up to our mark 
and that is some and that's why we're not going we're never going to give him work so that is something that stuck by me in 2009 and i just wanted to really you know get over it so i started you know trying to produce better i started getting better engineers i worked with people other programmers and arrangers to come into my studio and work do something better till one fine day i just met uh, shankar bhai somewhere and i just asked him you know i've been wanting to work with you since the longest time and i don't know what to do and everything and i mean you know i don't know if you like my music or no and everything that he's saying of course i love your music he's saying i'm doing a movie uh, music for a movie called dar at the mall there's a song which is going to be choreographed by ganesh hegde it's a song called pinakulala and it's a club song and i don't think we are equipped to program it i'll send you the vocals why don't you program it there it went it just happened wow yeah so not even doing a remix for shankar asan loy programming an original track for shankar asan loy which was like a dream come true and i think that statement was needed yeah because a lot of times in our life when someone says that yeah. you're not good at this yes uh you're terrible at this. i don't think asan meant that i wasn't no, good at course, it i think i think what he meant was that it wasn't to his taste yes so yes. that's the thing but i think it, it was a good thing that it worked because i worked so much and i got a, i tried putting up alternative teams as right, well right. so when this track came it just hit the note right. right maybe if i hadn't heard that and if i didn't know that i probably they would have probably rejected my you know my arrangement for pinakulara for the movie so and then you just realized that it happens eventually when absolutely. it's the right time absolutely it doesn't happen before nor after absolutely. exactly at the right time when you're ready for it absolutely people tell me oh shit man you're too good how do you do it i said i'm not, not too good i'm nothing at all i'm just like you i'm average i was just at the right place at the right time and i released the right song and it just became hit so Yeah. What's your take on right place at the right time? I've heard no. this so many yeah. people telling me this. Yeah. Do you I can I can I can name you at least 10 DJs right now on my fingertips who are 10 times better than me. But they just are a little late. There are time when remixes are not at the way they were when I we started or I started making remixes. I'm sure they were there during our time my time in 2002 2003 2004. I think I don't know about the other DJs, but probably I won't have even been there around anywhere. I'd just be like, you know, struggling and playing at a nightclub, and having a resident DJ uh, residency somewhere at one of the bars or clubs or something, and making my living. So, absolutely, I absolutely. believe in it very, very strongly. How can we change the tables and be there <laughs> at the right place at the right time? No, unfortunately, not. <laughs> Is it like? Do you believe in karma? Hundred percent. I mean, if you do good, then why should anything bad happen to you? So we will land up at the right place at the right time. Yeah. Eventually, when Eventually. the timing is yeah. right, the point yeah. is to just go at it, which yeah. you went yes. right at it. Left tabla, you met yeah. your mentor, and yeah. you were at it, focused, right. doing the yeah. one thing. Absolutely. Which I want to understand that speaking about ups and downs, you traveling quite a bit, a uh, lot of shows happening. health gets affected mm -hmm. sometimes yes. when you're you know from this country this city there here and we've seen a lot of artists who are depressed who are yes. going through challenges mental health has become an issue absolutely how does suketu take care of his mental health i think uh, uh, i learned to say no like i missed a weekend right now i went to kenya for the rhino charge I spent money instead of making money. I could have done two shows on the Friday Saturday and made money. Mm. So I think you just have to say no. I'm going in July with my wife for uh, one week, missing out on two weekends, going to the Lahore and uh, Spiti Valley. 
it's just you have to just say no it's not easy traveling here traveling there and ensuring that you have time for family there you have health issues because i know the kind of sleep that you get routine gets screwed right right and i see a lot of artists right now i think maybe we get to know through tabloids right now mm-hmm. that depression is on mm-hmm. uh, people committing suicide how do we take care of our mental health how does suketu take care of his mental health so again i have a habit of just drawing the line and saying no how much of my agency or my manager would hate it i still say no like last week we had inquiries <coughs> for gigs in dubai i just said no i'm going to kenya i'm going for the rhino charge i've been avoiding going there for a long time now is the time and i'm just going to go for it in july i'm going with my wife for 7 days missing out on two weekends to the lahol and spiti valleys i just need it that's it so whenever i feel that it's too much and i'm not only doing this right now because you know i've been in the industry for 27 28 years and a lot of people might listen to this and say are he's done what he had to do yeah so now he can do all this mm-hmm. stuff but i think i used to even do that when i started off i never ever uh, you know uh, put my work over my health and uh, even till date i think eating right is one of the most important things so even right now when i've come for the podcast i'm not going to step out and get myself a mcdonald's burger or something i've got bhindi chapati and kadhi in my car so i'm going to go down switch on the air conditioner eat and then go home mm. because i know it's going to be lunch time by the time we're done so it has to be done in such a way that you know you know what what is good for your body if you don't listen to the body now then the body is going to overtake you and you'll have to listen to it and avoid everything else later in life so i think that just keeps it good uh eating right exercising and this to say no when you're overworked is very very important i know it's very very difficult to do I'm very difficult to do i know it. it and especially a person not only in my industry i'm just thinking about a person who's even doing a job it is very very difficult to do but i think you have to face that fact and do it yeah say no yep i i have a hard time doing that because i'm a workaholic right. and i love it i yeah. for me work is vacation absolutely i don't know how you manage because you're saying it's not now mm-hmm. you've been saying no right from the start of your career absolutely your health your mental health your family is equally important but when your manager says that these are two shows going yeah. this is the kind of money, money you're losing, losing yeah. when suketu is losing money how does he convince himself i need a holiday i just think that whatever money i'm making right now i'll have to spend it on my medical bills and my health you know later so i might as well not just earn it right now and you know spend it on myself right now so it's better it normally happens like that so i just believe in that one thing that you have to strike a balance the minute you don't and even i'm i'm you know you you can tell me to do a party 7 days a week and i'll do it and i have done it i've gone to three continents in one weekend in friday i was in singapore saturday i was in dubai sunday i was in new york and i played at three events back to back wow back to back okay this is like just literally playing your set going to the airport playing your set going to the airport not even going into a room or checking into room because there was no time to do that but then after that weekend happened there was 8 days of nothing <clears throat> but home good sleep good food spending time with family and exercising I think I need to incorporate a lot and, of and and this was in this was in 2009 I remember because I had uh, I was just no 2008 I had just gotten engaged with my wife uh, one year prior to our wedding so yeah, this is 2008 
so it was it was a time when i was probably bintre sanam was wow yeah. so yeah still had to just no it can't do it bintre sanam and now you've seen ups and downs yep. how do you manage to not let things get into your head very difficult i think i think i just keep telling myself there is no up or i keep telling myself this too shall pass mm. even when i'm on a high and everything is going right i keep my mind keeps telling me that this is also going to pass so enjoy it but you know shit is going to happen down the line you're going to have a bad phase in your life but then that also will pass mm. so i just try to keep myself telling myself that okay work is going superb but it's going to pass at one point in time people are not going to want us okay to they're going to want you know somebody else so then that be a low but that will also pass because somebody will even get sick of him or her and say should we want suketu back it's been a while we since we heard of heard him so so it's good do you do you in your career have this marketing plan that this is how i want my marketing to be this is how my communication should be with regards to my craft or with regards to my brand or it's all how has it been for you yeah i have not given all this stuff that much thought i just like to go and do what i do and if i'm like, i'm happy with it then i just do it i mean not i i don't uh, uh people on instagram have actually told me please don't wear that t-shirt you wore it one and a half months yes. back at this yes. show i was like dude you got a lot of time to actually tell me that man i mean you're following me that closely i love it thank you very much but that's it so i don't think i give it that much thought or you know that much time I just feel that you know if I'm good at my music and people enjoy my performance or they like my production my music they'll call Marcus me they, they yeah they won't they won't really care if I'm you know on Instagram on lot or not on lot or not, like you know I'm posting more or whatever so right now Snapchat just verified my Snapchat account and they said that uh, you've not been doing uh, you know you have to do at least about 15 to 18 stories a day I said 15 to 18 stories a day then what am I going to I mean like you know yes. when am I going to work or when yes. am I going to spend time with my family is like you know just take a random picture and just post but just keep posting it I completely get what you're saying Suketu yeah. because that comes from my team too right. that go ahead post the stories post the videos you're in the middle of something yeah. you need to have your mind there okay. you need to work on your craft yep. you need to ensure that what you are sent here for that right. is being done yeah. and I think the rest is important yes. but can be sometimes distracting so Absolutely. whoever says that stories videos putting that content i also find it challenging and sometimes strenuous yeah i don't know uh, maybe this there is this approach also and yes. there is this approach also let's take it on no, no, i think i think you just again like i said in everything you just have to just strike a balance but one farrel are you listening to this even she doesn't like it okay <laughs> stop messaging me when i'm playing at a gig saying you haven't done a story think so. every manager does <laughs> so, yeah. and i know that i know that he has his good in his heart yes. because he wants me to do well Absolutely. he wants me to keep up with the times and you know he wants me to do what is right for my brand or my career or my name or whatever it is but uh, yeah sometimes i just uh, you know put the middle finger icon and send it to him and then switch off my phone so he doesn't message me anymore <laughs> and when the whole gig is over i switch on my phone and then i message him no no i didn't mean to upset you this i was just reminding you you know and say you haven't put up a story so so yeah but i think again you have to just strike a balance you have to move with the times and today's times demands it talking about your institute aspiring dj's i'm sure you must be speaking about manager artist relation yes right how does that work out how do you keep the camaraderie mm-hmm. at the same time say no this is not happening 
I think it's again just about vibe. I mean, I've had a lot of managers in my life from 2006 onwards, and Farrell, according to me, has been one of the best because uh, he he somewhere down the line understands me. So before four years back when he took over took over my work, it was a lot of uh, making him understand that no, I don't want to work. Now it just he just gets it because he knows that when I take that eight day break and I come back. Maybe he thinks, and I feel at least that I'm a better version of what I was eight mm. days ago. He noticed after that. after two months of working back to back, or uh, and he's also so he understands that as well, and I understand and from his point of view because he also want, doesn't want to slip in any way where you know the brand suketu or anything slips off anywhere. He doesn't like it if somebody you know does something better than me. Mm. So he's got that that thing. So I understand that you know that's why he's pushing me to do certain things. And but the best thing I think what any, any manager artist relationship should have is absolute honesty. Mm. There have been songs which I have done and I've sent it to him, and a lot of other people have said, "Oh, damn good! Oh, really good! Oh, fantastic! Oh, this, that, whatever." Farrell has just come up front and said, "I hate it. It's not going to work. Change it." That's it. I think you need somebody like that. You know, to be your manager, who can just tell you upfront. Oh, even if sometimes I feel that oh, my performance was damn good, I loved it, and Farrell was there standing next to me, and he seen it and said, "Dude, what were you doing out there? Were you drunk or what was it? Was it the alcohol or were you tired or something?" Because I just didn't get that vibe which I was, which which I get normally for a show, or you didn't play the right tracks at the right time or whatever it is. You need to have these kind yeah. of people who yes. are not goody two shoes, especially Absolutely. when you're up there and everybody's like being nice. Oh, fantastic job! Absolutely. Sometimes you feel like. Is anyone being honest? Yeah. So I'm the, I'm the, the most uh, amazing example is when the first uh, year, not even the first three months of Farrell managing my work, Z Music approached us to do the remix of Tarifa, and I made the first mix and I sent it to Z Music and I sent it to Farrell. And Farrell asked me that, uh, have you sent it to Z already? I said, yeah. I just put all of them in the thread, right? The email thread which is going on. I think you shouldn't have. It's crap. And Z Music came back and saying, okay, we love it. We're ready to release it. So I just told them, no, listen, one second, hold on. I had a chat with Farrell. We came to the studio. We reworked it. We did the whole mix again, and then we resent it. And then Z Music said, oh shit, this is even better than the previous one. And Farrell said, yes, this is it. This is what I'm talking about. This is the sound that I'm looking for. And that's how the track, the the remix released. I feel the right team really takes you up, whether it is an artist or anywhere in life you Absolutely. are. Absolutely. Uh, the right friends. The right helper in the house, yes. because I know. No, hundred percent. You need that around you, but the challenge, at least I am facing, and I'm sure most entrepreneurs who are start starting off, because you are also an entrepreneur in a way, because you started your institute, right? right. And you're empowering people. Right. How do you have a great team? Oh wow, that's a fantastic question, but I have no answer to it. I know they just come. People come when you click, and you know it just happens. I don't have a great team from the first day. It just, you know, built up over a period of time. So it just happened. I don't know. I really, I really don't. Know. I don't know how you build a great I'm team. I'm sure that <laughs> no, because I remember when we had a conversation. You said, you know, there are reminders in my life I have. Yes. Right. These reminders allow me to let people go and some people to be in. I right. remember we had that conversation sure. before. Yes. Yes. I'm sure. You are doing certain things, but probably you're not aware of it. Maybe, maybe, maybe right? if I when I meet somebody, you know, yeah, I might be keeping those things in my mind and then moving ahead, you know, trying to say, okay, fine, let's work together. Yeah, and it's the maybe, vibe. Maybe, yeah. If, you know, the vibe is totally. good. Then I'm going ahead. If not, it's not working Absolutely. out for me. Totally. Fantastic. Yes. 
I've always, I've done this. I've always gone to DJs and I'm like, Meera, ye wala gaana baja do. And there are others also have done that. Hamare ye bajao, Nepali bajao, Pashtun bajao. Ye Bollywood gaana bajao. What? It must be very annoying for a DJ and I always wonder what's going on in his head. Is he angry? Because sometimes they're like, nahi, abhi nahi aara hai, gaana aara hai. How do you go about with turning down people or winning their hearts? So I think I just, if I'm playing at a party which is a private party, like if I'm playing for somebody's Sangeet or I'm playing for somebody's birthday, anniversary, or I'm playing for a particular club. I mean, I mean a club. I don't mean a nightclub. I mean a social club, like mm-hmm. a Wellington Sports Club or a Bombay Gym or mm-hmm. Khar Gym Khan or something like that. Mm-hmm. I'm normally open to taking requests because I feel I am there to make them enjoy. It's their night. It's them. Everything is them. Like when somebody calls me for a wedding, I can't tell them I'm not going to play this song. I may not have it. I'll try and get it. But if I don't have it genuinely, and if I can't play, I can't. But I would love to play the song because for them, it's a memory. I mean, they need to look back and say, you know, when we got married 20 years back and DJ Suketu played and, you know, he played that song, which is our favorite song. Yeah. That is what is it. So then I w- I'm open to request and it doesn't upset me at all because I'm there for them. I'm there to make their day special. Mm-hmm. But when I'm playing in a nightclub and a bar and somebody makes a request, oh God, it upsets me. Because then you've come to that club to listen to me. Mm-hmm. Then let me give you what I have. Let me offer you what I've created for mm-hmm. you. Let me... Make you listen to music that maybe you might not have listened to before. Not everything, but something different, something new in my way. Mm. Then don't request me for a song. So enjoy it. Yeah. Wh- whoever is the artist playing. Absolutely. Then, I mean, I can't, I can't go to a sunburn and have, uh, you know, uh, Boris Brecha playing and tell him that, you know, can you play the song? Mm-hmm. Can't do it. I'm there to listen to him because he's done something so good that has made me want to spend that money, be there and have a good time. So let me listen to what he's offering. But if Boris Brecha was playing for uh, Mukesh Ambani's son's party and I was invited there, I would have said, boss, what's going on? It will be good. Then, 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 you know, that's the thing. So I'm just saying that I'm talking from the audience point of view, right? Right, that, right. Uh, yeah, that when I'm playing in a nightclub, I'm going to give you what you want, but just enjoy the journey. But uh, Enjoy the journey, which currently we are. Right. One is because a lot of Indian artists are being represented internationally Absolutely. and it is very it's a very proud moment for Absolutely. India sure. you have Diljeet and mm-hmm. I'm sure there have been artists prior to that too yes where do you see Indian DJing scene in being represented internationally how is it how do we pave that path so I think it's already happening the fact that Diljeet actually went to Coachella and only performed his music Punjabi music and people were there and he enthralled crowds. I think it's already a beginning, it's a start. When you're playing for an international festival and you're representing your country, you have to make sure that your music is appreciated world over. With our music directors today, like you, you, Edward Meyer's done the mix of Kesariya, mm. which has been officially released. Now, Edward Meyer is not an Indian, but he's actually made a mix of Kesariya, which is fantastic. Lost Frequencies, which is not an Indian duo, has made a remix of Kesariya. So our music is already going up there. Once Bollywood music comes into that scene, automatically Bollywood artists are going to be invited to perform at, uh, you know, uh, uh, at festivals and everything. So I think it's just literally a matter of time. And Diljeet is just the beginning. He's just broken the ice and paved the way for hundreds of artists to go down and play at festivals and concerts now. And not play house music and electronic music, but play our music, Bollywood music. 
at those festivals. It 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 definitely has created a stir in the industry, Absolutely. and I'm really excited and looking forward to yep. many more of these collaborations yes. happening. When artists do phenomenally well, I also feel that there is a spending habit. Mm -hmm. Some of them exorbitantly. Yes. During COVID, I remember artists, a few artists, well-known artists going bankrupt. Right. Right. How do we take care of our investments? How does Suketu take care of his investments? Primarily because as an artist or anybody for that matter. Right. Right. There are lull periods. Yes. You don't know whether money is going to be there throughout or it can be. Right. How do you go about with your rainy day? You know my full name. It's Suketu Radi. I'm a Gujarati. Dude, we are like, you know, we, 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 if we earn 100, we don't save after we spend. We spend after we save. So it was one thing that was taught to me right from the beginning from, by my father that uh, don't, your, sa your savings is not what is left after your expenditure. Your savings is your expenditure is what it is after your savings. So first save and then whatever you have, get by with that. Somewhere down the line is going to help you out. Mm. So we just just follow that policy always. And then I got married to another awesome Gujarati who's like a rock star. So the minute she sees I'm doing something stupid, she's behind me and she pulls me by the rope and saying, Aram se thoda dheere, relax, it's okay. I know things are going well, but we already have this stuff. Wait to buy the next Apple phone. Don't buy it next year part of three years. So yeah, it's just, a, I think it's just, a, I don't know if it's a Gujarati thing or whatever. I think but it is a Gujarati <laughs> thing. A, I really just, think, just do that. I think everybody here behind, <laughs> behind <laughs> the scenes are looking at Eda, too Gujarati hai, too Gujarati hai. No, we, we, we just do that. I don't know, some or the other, it's just in our blood, it's like, you know, in our DNA that uh, we just save. So, I, I need to have more Gujarati friends. I know. So, Ketu, you're going to get more calls from me. Yeah. <laughs> Looking forward to it. Investment. Uh, Investment calls to Ketu. <laughs> yeah. I'm planning to spend a lot of money on yeah. my next international trip. Please, guys, you refer me to your wife. Yes. So, it's been so amazing connecting with you, chatting with you. Thank I you. want you to say that one thing that has always been close to your heart to our audience here, something that they can look forward to DJ Suketu. Oh, shit. I think the only thing which has been close to my heart has been music and I just want to thank everybody for listening to it. Mm -hmm. Because I somewhere down the line felt that I am making it for myself. But when it releases, you know, the people liking it, the mm -hmm. listeners liking it yeah. is something which is just amazing. I like to thank the people who have been at clubs, you know, that when I'm some, you know, I'm at the console which is so close to my heart and the music which I play, with, right. the set which I'm playing which has been so close to my heart and prepared for me to play. Sometimes I feel that, is this set only for me? But then those people actually enjoy and have yeah. a great time and they love it. So, I think that is something which I just want to give back, saying that, you know, what has been close to my heart, you all have appreciated. Thank you very much. I love that. I still remember the show that we did. I was dancing and dancing for non-stop four or five hours yeah, when you were playing at but the keeping console. keeping distance and yes, dancing. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> I came on the console also, danced a bit and went down. But I know. Had a ball of a time then, had a ball of a time now. And I'm sure yeah. my audience is also having a ball of a time. No. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. For joining in and uh, do like, share and comment and see you in the next episode. Thank you.